Well, good morning, everyone. It's so nice to have you here today. Thank you so much for being a part of our worship service. Today, we're going to finalize our series on Your Grace is Enough. We'll be spending most of our time in the subject of sanctifying grace. Now, sanctifying grace is defined by John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, by this. He says, sanctifying grace, we are saved from the power and root of sin and restored in the image of God. In sanctification, God's salvation dismantles the hold of sin from our habits and where we live normally. It replaces that. It, it, um, it removes it. And there's less and less and less of our sin nature being found in our lives. And that with an unshakable confidence that nothing can prevent us from becoming all that God wants us to be. That's really what sanctification is. It's, a, it's that grace that God gives us to, to live in the power of his spirit. Now, as you can see on the screen behind me, the image of the house. And it's been kind of our theme through this whole series. And um, so the, this, this picture gives us an example of how God's grace really works. The porch is the beginning process. It is that process that invites us, that draws us to him. The door represents the justification grace. When we open the door and step through that, we are justified. We are made right with God. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, I stand at the door and knock. And he is knocking so that we will answer. The threshold is where we become justified. The door is open. There's nothing but a big clean room. And then that room begins to work. And that's really where the work begins. And we start to put furniture in there. <laughs> The furniture of his word, prayer, fellowship, maybe a mirror of accountability, the toolbox of service, using our gifts to minister to others, the vacuum of the Holy Spirit that cleans our lives all out constantly, every day, keeping sin away from our lives. We learned in the previous sermons that prevenient, prevenient grace makes our relationship with God possible. It is grace that leads us to Jesus. And justifying grace makes that relationship a reality. So if you haven't made that relationship a reality in your life, step through the threshold of the porch. Step through the threshold of God's calling in your life. Just as physical birth begins, the physical process and growth to maturity, spiritual birth begins the process of growing spiritually and becoming more mature in Christ. To help us spiritually grow and to be more mature, the, the Holy Spirit enters our lives immediately as we enter the threshold. The work of the Holy Spirit makes, makes us more like Christ every day and is just a wonderful example of God's expression of his grace to us. It's a persistent and ongoing, and it's a sanctifying grace. Romans 8, verses 14 through 17 says this. For all who are led by the Spirit are children of God. So we have not received a spirit that makes us fearful slaves. Instead, 
you received God's spirit when he adopted us in his own, uh, as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs to God's glory. But if we are, but if we are share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Can you imagine what a great text? The text tells us that we are his children. We become the children of God. How exciting is that? Last, uh, last night, the NBA draft took place. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love to watch the reaction of those that are chosen. You know, some high five, others hug. And, and surprisingly, some get very tearful because they're chosen to be part of a very elite group, the NBA. One young man was drafted by the New York Knicks. I, I, I'm sorry I didn't write his name down, but I, I saw he was crying. And, and I was wondering, was he crying because he was just overjoyed or overwhelmed or because the Knicks chose him? Uh, I'm not sure. I might cry if I was chosen by the Knicks. Anyway, uh, we see that this elite group, and, uh, and because they were chosen, they became part of a team. And when we are chosen by God, when God calls us, we become his children. And he loves, us to, he loves to help us live more like Jesus every day. I have adopted grandchildren. They're awesome. I love them all. And they will always be my grandchildren. Even if they choose not to speak to me, disown me, if they walk away from me, if they talk bad about me, if they refuse my help, it wouldn't matter because they're still my grandchildren and they always will be. The same thing happens when we're adopted by Jesus. When we are justified, we are his children forever. I want to just take a few moments to walk through what these three graces look like in my life. As a young boy, I was taken to church every day. Every time the church was open, I was there. Uh, this was prior to anything like Kidman. Uh, it wasn't even in the back of their mind. I think you went from nursery right into the seat and right into the big church. We call it big church. And I would have to listen to the preacher and, and sing the songs and constantly be warned, now, Gilbert, you better behave. As, as a boy with ADHD, I found that difficult. And there were several times of discipline in my worship experience. <laughs> um, I remember this one particular time. I had to be maybe four. I was sitting with my dad, and all of a sudden he grabs me out of my seat. I must have been carrying on because I tended to do that. And um, he picks me up, he holds me, and he carries me. And we sat kind of close to the front of the church. And all the way out the church, I started saying, but Daddy, I don't want to get a spanking. I don't want a spanking, Daddy. <laughs> so you see, uh, I struggled a little bit in my worship experience, but that, 
that didn't matter. In spite of those kinds of worship experiences, the Lord spoke to my heart. I always constantly kind of felt this tugging or calling. I can't explain it other than the fact that that's God's pervenient grace. He was leading me to himself. This is when justifying grace took place. For me, I was kneeling in a sofa. <clears throat> in the living room during family devotions. That's when I asked Jesus to come into my heart and in my life. That's when justifying grace took over for me. That's when I stepped across the threshold. I was young, maybe seven or eight years old. In spite of who I was, God made me right with him. When, when God looks at me, he doesn't see Gil. He sees Jesus living in me. But now, at that point, the work began. In Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6, it says, those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your minds leads to life and peace. You see, I didn't just receive a ticket off the hell train. I received a new life, and I needed to live that life for Jesus. This is where sanctifying grace comes in. From the moment in my life when justification had taken place, I surrendered to him. I became his son. He began his work in me. And, it, and his work is still working in me. It's not automatic. It's like, poof, I'm not instantly spiritual. It didn't happen that way, and it doesn't. You see... It was, it's a process, and it's, and it's work. It's hard work. In Philippians 2, verses 12b through 13, it says this, Work hard to show your results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, forgiving you, and the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Now, sanctification is that process of becoming more like Jesus every day. From the moment that I had the Holy Spirit, he helps us to do the right thing. Now listen, I struggled. I still do. I wish I was perfect. I'm not. And if you don't believe me, just ask my wife and kids. But every day I can be drawn closer to him. I can be made more like Jesus because I have the Holy Spirit for guidance and he will lead me. The scripture even says, he will lead us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Do I obey always? I wish I did. But the Holy Spirit finds ways to draw me back to him. <clears throat> As a teenager through this process, you know, uh, I didn't always make the be best choices. 
but the Holy Spirit would bring me back to him. I was one of those kids <laughs> that always got caught. You know, I was just one of those people that I, I was a terrible liar. I couldn't do things right. <coughs> Excuse me. My sin was there, and I always got found out somehow, some way. I remember one particular story. <coughs> I was with my friend uh, Neil, and he was, he was smoking a cigarette, and he said, hey, why don't you try this? And, and uh, I said, um, okay. So I tried it, and we were in a pretty remote location, but just as I, I guess just as I picked up the cigarette to try it, my grandmother must have drove by in a car. So she tells my dad that uh, I was smoking. I wasn't smoking because that was, uh, I tried to inhale a Camel non-filter and it dropped me to my knees. <laughs> and so there are several ways we get back, called back to God. Sometimes we get caught for our sin. Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. Other ways for me as a young teenage boy, um, we attended revival services and camp meetings where preachers would stand up and they'd speak, and when they'd speak, they were like speaking to me. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever had a preacher stand up and say, whoa, you were speaking right to me? Well, that was me. And it would draw me back constantly to him. But sometimes my stubborn union nature, human nature would just kick in and and I would do something stupid or wrong. But once again, time after the time, time after time, the Lord would lead me back to him. He would draw me in, and he still does. This sanctifying grace, he calls me back. Sanctifying means to be holy, to be made holy, to be set apart to do the work of the ministry. To be holy means to belong to God, to be set apart for him. I have a mind like Christ, to have a one like him, to put away old ways and do things and begin to think and act more like Jesus every day. And I think the key really to sanctification is obedience. We still, we continually need to obey. Obey the Holy Spirit and what the Word of God teaches us is said perfectly. You see, we live in a battle, and the battle is against sinful nature and the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. We cannot be effective in living like Jesus or obeying an example to, uh, or being an example to others. If you do not win this battle, we lose our testimony. We lose our effectiveness. The battle is to live like Jesus and to be more like him every day. He gives us the power to overcome and to win the battle that we constantly fight. So let me give you some tools for sanctification, all right? These tools will help you, I think, become more like Jesus. First one is this. The first one is the Holy Spirit. As we mentioned, as we walk through the threshold of the door, we are justified. In that justification process, the Holy Spirit enters our lives and helps us to overcome our sinful nature. 
The second thing is the Word of God. The Word of God is a key tool in our life for pleasing Him, for pleasing God. 2 Timothy 3, 16, verses 15 and 16 says this, All Scripture is inspired by God, and it is useful to teach what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip people to every good work. Look at what that scripture says. Well, this very verse says that along with the Holy Spirit, we have God's written word that directs us and leads us. The word needs to become a priority in our lives. It's the main way that the Lord speaks to us. It really is. And it leads us and directs us. Look what it says. It says God's word is useful to teach us what is true to make us realize what we're doing wrong, to correct us, to change and make us go a different way. It teaches us what is wrong and teaches us what to do right. And then he uses his word to prepare our hearts and our lives to do the work of the ministry. That's why God's word is so important. We need to be reading it and have a part of it every day of our lives. You know, one of the greatest tools of our time right now is YouVersion. YouVersion has made it very easy for us to stay connected to God's Word. We can do that just by downloading the app, and there are tools like crazy on there. Every morning at 6 a.m., I get a verse of the day. I read it. And sometimes that verse is so helpful. Other days... Uh, other things that it can offer, it, it offers plans, study plans, and, and ways that we can study God's Word and how God's Word can be work in our lives. We can listen to it. If you are not a great reader, like myself, you can listen to God's Word every day and study His Word. You could do this on your way to work or wherever. Some, some of you, sometimes you have long uh, journeys to your work, you could always listen to God's Word through, through you version and uh, have His Word pour over you. The third thing that we see and is an important tool is prayer. And it's simply just communicating our hearts to the Lord. How successful can any relationship be if we do not communicate? When we stop communicating, we stop caring about our relationship. And when we do, our relationships truly suffer. I often do weddings and care for young couples. And one of the things that I always advise them is, please don't stop talking. Now, there are times all of us would like each other to stop talking. But you need to be sharing your thoughts, sharing your heart, sharing your dreams. And this is what prayer is with God. Pray. And even though it's difficult, it, 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 God finds ways. For me, my ADD, ADHD has not changed. I've come up with different ways to try to help myself be more effective in prayer. And one of the ways I found is by writing my prayers out word for word. By doing that, I stay a little more focused and my mind doesn't wander. Another thing that has helped me in my prayer life is Facebook because I pray for the needs of others that are on Facebook. 
And of course, our weekly prayer list that's posted on our website. All these are unique tools that we can use to help communicate our burdens, our joys, our sorrows, our celebrations with Christ. So prayer is a really important tool. And the last thing is fellowship. We need to stay connected. Look what it says in Hebrews 10, 25. And let's not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. COVID has just um, tore us up, hasn't it? COVID has been, has made church completely different. I miss being out on the front stoop and greeting and shaking hands and seeing faces without masks. That's why I think staying connected is even more important during this time. That's why small groups, uh, ministries like Celebrate Recovery are wonderful examples. There's natural encouragement for each other. You get together, you ask, you talk, you share God's word, maybe even share meals or, or refreshments. When we're surrounded by others, we have deep care for one another. And that's really important. That's part of sanctification, is encouraging one another. We help each other grow in our sanctification when we are close together. So I know it's a difficult time. I know it's hard. But do everything you can to stay connected. Get involved in a small group. Get involved in a ministry. Because when you're serving others, you're helping others. When you're working together, you're growing together. And we have this wonderful connection. It's called fellowship. So I really encourage you guys to do, to allow these four things in particular to become part of your life this week. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your sanctifying grace. I thank for all three of them. Your grace certainly is enough for each and every one of us. Help us to hold on to your grace. Help us to lean into the grace that you give us. And we're so thankful for your grace. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So as you go this week, let's be mindful and very thankful for our pervenient grace, our justifying grace, and let's grow and receive more of God's sanctifying grace. So how can we do that? We can be sure to do that by connecting with our brothers and sisters in Christ, sharing our gifts, joining them in worship, in prayer, and in service. That's one way. We can offer God's grace to others by allowing the Holy Spirit not only to work in us and through us, but reaching out in love to others who need it, maybe need material goods or emotional or spiritual support. And we really need to do this. Set aside some private time for worship, for prayer, and to read God's Word. No tool of the Spirit is more effective in promoting our spiritual growth and maturity than having God's Word, the Bible, a part of our everyday life. 
It gives us guidance. We need to obey God and have a deep reverence and fear. So let's do that this week. I just pray that God's blessing will be upon you and have a wonderful week.